So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here in West Limic 102, which is coming again this morning from our Come and See studios here in Addy, County Limerick. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning. And also joining me to help me to produce the programme this morning, my dear lady wife, Anne. Good morning to you, Anne. How are you? Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. Thanks a lot, Anne, for joining us this morning. And I've got another special guest that's joining us this morning. Just a, a number of weeks ago, um, I happened to be tuning in to the Redemptist Church in Lermick for Mass, and there was actually a novena for St. Jared was, um, was actually on there. And heard a lady uh, speaking there who, who, who gave a, a wonderful, inspirational uh, talk, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and I've invited her on to the programme this morning. So, all the way from Dublin, good morning to you on the telephone, on the Skype, actually. Margie Kennedy, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, John. Good morning, Anne. And very well, thank you. Thanks a lot for joining us, Margie. Margie will be speaking to us much more in part two. But in the meantime, uh, at this stage, I want to welcome those listeners who are housebound and lonely and maybe struggling with some health problems today. Thank you for joining us for another hour here in Sacred Space, where we are going to bring you good news again. And Sunday we always do, especially the Gospel. Margie is going to chat to us in part two. And in part three, the most important part of this in any other program is where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. Just to remind listeners again, Sacred Space here is broadcast on West Lemming 102 local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And a podcast of this and previous programs are available on our blog. And our blog is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And you can also contact us actually by iTunes, and that's by searching Come and See Inspirations. If you want to pass any message on at all to us um, on the programme here, you can contact us by email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Or you can contact us by text, and that's on 87 That's 87 and of course, as we always remind listeners, uh, we, we are always open to listen to ideas to develop the program further. Uh, maybe there's people out there who you think we should interview and chat with to encourage us all to be living at our faith on a day-to-day basis. So again, that text is 87 And By the way, if you want to come on the program at all as well, you're most welcome. Now, at this part of the program, we'll share some saints for the week. And as Shane isn't uh, with me again this week, I actually recorded um, these saints for the week early on today. So I'd invite you to listen to my version of the saints for this week. So let's hear it. So now the saints for the upcoming week. So on Monday, tomorrow, the 29th of October, we celebrate the Feast of St. Coleman MacDoer, who was born at Kilcartan, County Galway, the son of the chieftain Duak. He initially lived as a recluse, living in prayer and prolonged fastings, first at Inishmore, then in a cave in the Boran in County Clare. He was born in 550, and he died in 632. On Tuesday, the 30th of October, we celebrate with um, a blessed Terence Albert O'Brien with a Limerick connection. He joined the Dominicans in 1622, a, a, a Dominican prior, provincial of Ireland, Bishop of Emberley, Ireland. He, ordered, he, he was ordered to acknowledge the English king as head of the church, and he declined. He was martyred in Lermick in October 1651. And he was beatified by, by Pope St. John Paul II, uh, 27th of September 1992. 
On Wednesday this week, uh, the thirty first, we celebrate the feast of another Irish saint, uh, blessed Blessed Dominic Collins. He was born in Yahel in 1566. He was arrested actually on the 17th of June 1602 for refusing to deny his faith. He was imprisoned, tortured and executed for promoting his faith. He was martyred in Yahel County Cork on the 31st of October 1602. Beatified again by Saint Pope St. John Paul II on the 27th of September 1992. On Thursday, uh, a big feast day for all of us Catholics, uh, it's the Feast of All Saints. All Saints Day, of course, is the day after All Hallows' Eve, Halloween. It's the feast day celebrated on the 1st of November by Anglicans and Roman Catholics. Christian, Christian celebration of All Saints Day and All Souls Day stems from the belief that there is a powerful spiritual bond between those in heaven, the church triumphant, and the living, the church militants. In the Catholic theology, the day, the day commemorates all those who have attained the beatific vision in heaven. It's an opportunity for believers to remember all saints and martyrs, known and unknown, throughout the Christian history. It's a holiday of obligation, and as Catholic, we're, and as Catholics, we're required to attend mass. Remembering saints and martyrs and dedicating a specific day to them each year has been a, tradition, a, a, a Christian tradition since the fourth century. But it wasn't until 1609 that Pope Boniface IV decided to remember all martyrs. A rigid 13th of May was designated uh, as the Feast of All Martyrs, and later in in 837, Pope Gregory IV extended the the festival to remember all the saints and changed its name to Feast of All Saints and changed the date to the 1st of November. So... And Thursday, we remember all saints, and especially those who have gone before as members of our own family, who are enjoying the bliss of heaven these days. May they rest in peace. So on Friday next, the 2nd of November, the Feast of All Souls, we, of course, in the Catholic Church, it's a solemn celebration, commemorating all those who have died and are now in purgatory being cleansed of their sins and being made pure before entering into the presence of God in heaven. On All Souls Day, we not only remember the dead, but we apply our efforts through prayer and almsgiving and the Mass to release their souls from purgatory. There are two plenary indulgences attached to All Souls Day, one for visiting the church and another for visiting the cemetery. The plenary indulgence for visiting a cemetery can also be be obtained every day from the 1st to the 8th of November and as a partial indulgence on any day of the year. While the actions are performed by the living, the merits of the indulgences are applicable only to the holy souls in purgatory. Since a plenary indulgence removes all temporal punishment for sin, which is the reason why souls are in purgatory in the first place, Applying a plenary indulgence to one of the holy souls in purgatory means that the holy soul is released from purgatory and enters heaven. So since praying for the dead is our Christian duty, it's, uh, to obtain this plenary indulgence, we must visit a church and recite one Our Father and the Creed and receive Holy Communion and pray one additional Our Father and Hail Mary for the intentions of the Holy Father. The All Souls Day indulgence is a wonderful way for us to show our love for a friend or a family member who has died. 
So, this week, Friday, is a wonderful opportunity for us to remember all of our own ancestors and all of our own dead who are still in purgatory awaiting awaiting for that day and that hour and that time when they can enter into the glory of heaven. So on Saturday this week, we celebrate, this is the 3rd of November, we celebrate the Feast of St. Malachi. He was born in Amar in 1094, and he died uh, in 1148. He was canonized in 1190. It's a feast day, as uh, I said, uh, Saturday the 3rd of November. Celebrated Archbishop and Papal Legate, who is considered by the, to be the dominant figure of the church reform in the 12th century Ireland. So that's the saints for this week. Shane, of course, will be hopefully back with us next week and bring us his usual version of the saints for the week. So that's the saints for this week. Um, just a few little items there that Shane usually mentions to us at this time of the month. The Pope's intentions for November are that the language of love and dialogue may always prevail over the language of conflict. And the universal intention is in the service of peace. Of course, this, this Friday and Saturday, the, the first Friday devotions take place. And, of course, this particular week, um, we begin praying on the Psalter week number two. Just one, just one little note I just want to mention there to listeners. It's in regard to Eucharistic adoration. In either church from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. and 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. each Monday, and in Newcastle West Church from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. of a Thursday. And I noticed there's a little note in the Newcastle West Bulletin this week as an appeal for people, if, if they can, to put the names down on the rotor for adoration between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. Now, this part of the programme is where we remember those people and think about those people who are at home and can't get to Mass this morning, can't receive Jesus in the Most Blessed Sacrament. And I'll ask Anne now to pray this prayer before reading a bit before we continue on with the music. Thanks, Anne. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I now cannot receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, then. So at this start now, we might go for the first bit of music. And the one that I picked this week is especially for those people who are struggling, struggling with health problems and maybe loneliness and so on and so forth this time of the year. It's a beautiful one. It's by Don Moen. And this one is entitled, God Will Make a Way. So let's hear this. Go! Oh. 
Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. I'm still joined by Anne here in studio. And again, it's a great pleasure to have joining me on the end of the Skype line again, uh, Margie Kennedy from Dublin. And uh, just with my listeners again, I, I spoke with Margie, well, I spoke with Margie directly after uh, and Namina that uh, she was she was um, part of in Limerick there recently. Uh, people, in fact, some of the listeners might have even been there. It was a Novena for... St. Jared Magella, I think it was, Margie, wasn't it? That's right, St. Jared Magella. Uh, and you were there Speak. for... Yes. And you were there for about nine days of that. 
Yes, the nineties. Yes. I was I was fascinated when I when when, when I, I I just happened to come into the room and 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 I heard it on because as I remember as I remind people again that sometimes maybe people can't get to mass in their own local church. But you can go online and, and get mass in, in various places, and, and we often go on to novena.ie, which is the Redemptist Church there in Rimmick, and often hear, and, uh, hear mass there, and of course listen to people like Marjorie. So I'd invite listeners now at the moment for about 13 or 14 minutes just to sit back and listen to what Marjorie told the congregation there that particular evening. Good evening, everybody. As Father said, my name is Margie Kennedy. I'm married to a Tipperary man from Thurlis, and we've two adult children in their 20s. We live in Dublin, but I'm a country girl originally from County Kilkenny, so I hope that's okay in Limerick. When Father Seamus asked me to speak at this novena about what prompted me to give up my nursing career, become a mature student at third level, and then go into lay ministry, I had to do some serious reflecting back on my life. I don't know that I can point to one particular thing that caused the shift in direction. What I do know is that it was a series of events which by themselves didn't seem particularly significant at the time. Noreen Nerian, in her autobiography, Listen with the Ear of the Heart, described at one point about how her spiritual development seemed to progress at seven yearly intervals. While I can't claim exactly the same, I do think it roughly matches a pattern in my own life. It's as if there is an invisible thread joining one event to another, resulting in a strong sense of being led all along. So what led me from there to here? My story has to start with the gift of faith and an awareness of and desire for prayer. It also involved making choices, ones which built up my faith and taking steps to nurture it whenever and however I could. It involved trusting in God and his plans for me. As I've gotten older, I realize that daily prayer is essential to maintaining my faith development. What I've also come to appreciate is that it doesn't matter so much how or what I pray as that I pray. I had three particular incidents in my childhood that were significant in teaching me about prayer. The first happened when I was seven. We lived for a short while in Goresbridge, County Kilkenny, and I was in first class, and the Bridgerton nun who was teaching us invited us to tiptoe out into the hallway to see the newly erected crib under the stairs. It was the month of December. We gathered around it full of excitement at the unexpected adventure from the routine. At that time, nuns were the full habit, more the full habit, so all you could see of Sister Flannan was her face and it was illuminated by the light in the crib. And as she told us the story of the baby Jesus, her smiling face seemed to me like the face of a beautiful angel. I remember vividly feeling this story was the most magical story I'd ever heard. As an adult looking back, it was probably my first experience of wonder and awe in God's presence. To this day, I can't look at a crib without remembering that feeling back then. And I realize that faith in Jesus was planted in my heart that December morning. The second incident happened about five months after the nativity scene, around the time of my first Holy Communion. My maternal grandfather was working at the time as a night watchman in Cleary's department store in O'Connell Street in Dublin. He wrote me a letter which I still have, 
In it he apologised because he was rostered on nights and so would not be able to come down for my first communion day. What he wrote next somehow rekindled the sense of wonder and awe I'd felt on hearing the nativity story. He wrote, Dear Marjorie, to congratulate you on reaching the point in life where you receive God himself. Saturday will be the holiest day of your life. May you always keep that purity. How I wish I was as pure as you are now, with you loving your God and he loving you. I'm sorry I cannot be present to share in your great joy. You know you are the most important person in the world to me right now. God bless you. Unquote. In August, I attended the World Meeting of Families and at one of the talks on passing on the faith and the special role of parents and grandparents in that role, the point was made of the importance of talking to young children about our faith and of telling them stories from the Gospels and in that way giving them an experience, an encounter with Jesus. My grandfather's words to me about me loving my God and he loving me became engraved that day not only on my heart but on my soul. The next incident happened in Goresbridge also. I was back there as a boarder for the five years of secondary school. There was another nun there whom I loved. She above anyone influenced me to the fact that God was someone we could just talk to every day in our own words. She instilled in me the notion that God was a loving God, there to help us at the asking. Mother Genevieve always started every class with a prayer, but it was a made-up prayer, as if she was telling God very ordinary things that were concerning us. She wasn't afraid to use humour either in talking to God. She would chuckle as she asked him to inspire her to somehow succeed in drilling some Latin into us. And she'd some job, I'll tell you. I found that very comforting, and I still do. And I was struck on Monday morning when Father Seamus was talking about St. Alphonsus' attitude to prayer and how he recommended prayer as a familiar conversation with God. And it struck me that Mother Genevieve's attitude to prayer was a classic example of that. Fast forward seven or eight years and talk of career choices. It was an easy one for me, as I had always wanted to be a nurse and never gave anything else a second thought. At the age of 15, my first job summer job was in the hospice in Harold's Cross, which at the time was called the Hospice for the Dying, it was written in wrought iron over the gate. I got a very good grounding there in nursing, I'd have to say, and the care of the dying person. After I left school, I worked there again for six months, and then I went to Vincent's to train as a nurse. Then I went to the Rotunda to do midwifery, and then I ended up in Jervis Street as um, to train as a specialist nurse in renal dialysis. And it was lovely this morning. This girl came up after Mass, and she'd actually, uh, Nula is her name, she actually trained in Jervis Street 34 years ago, and she came down and opened the dialysis unit in Limerick. So I was delighted to meet her. Um, so anyway, uh, being on dialysis is not easy, I can tell you that. And it's very, very challenging for the patients and for their families. So with an awareness of that, I trained as a counsellor and I ended up in 1989 becoming the first renal nurse counsellor in Ireland. It entailed offering a counselling service to people diagnosed with chronic renal failure and to their families. Not everyone required or availed of counselling, but many did. It was wonderful to see people get successful kidney transplants and get on with their lives. 
Sadly, some were not so lucky, and life for them was and is very challenging. It taught me to be grateful for my health and to take nothing for granted. I was a nurse counsellor for 23 years until 2012, when quite unexpectedly I suddenly decided to take early retirement. I I changed track altogether. I went to college as a mature student, over 50 plus fat, and studied theology and philosophy. After four years, I continued another year and did a master's in applied spirituality. And the first job I got after qualifying was with the Redemptorists as a part-time occasional missioner. And after hearing my attempts at singing this week, maybe I should have stuck to the nursing. So here I am tonight. I also now work two days a week as a catechist, working closely with an inner city school in Dublin to assist the parents in supporting their children's preparation for the sacraments and their own faith development. Throughout my life, I've been involved in my local parish as much as possible, and because we moved a lot when I was a child, I now live in the same place for 27 years, so I love the sense of community I get from my local parish, and I like to help out where I can. To return to the question, what prompted me to leave nursing? The answer is a combination of things, including heartbreak and burnout, neither easy to admit. Because I had worked for so long at the same job, I got to know the people on dialysis very well. It got to the stage that I was experiencing the end of life for some of them. When you've known people for a long many years, it becomes more difficult to maintain professional boundaries. I found myself becoming very upset by the deaths of people I'd known for a long time. Some of these people had shared their thoughts and feelings with me, and I found I was carrying some of them in my heart. Then, for some reason, in the last few years, I noticed that issues of a spiritual nature were coming up. I felt unqualified to address them. That got me to wondering if perhaps I should consider changing to chaplaincy. A priest in the hospital advised me to do a theology degree if I wanted to make a change, and at the time that seemed a total impossibility, and I put it out of my mind entirely. Then one day a certain patient died whom I'd known since he was 17 years old. He was in his early 40s and younger than me. His death was a difficult one, and I knew I couldn't continue in the same job anymore. My heart finally broke. I saw an ad in a nursing magazine about taking early retirement, so I took the opportunity. The strange thing was, I had no doubts at all it was the right thing to do. I felt very strongly, and still do, that I was being led somewhere. I don't know where, but it didn't matter. The Holy Spirit is in charge. It was a great privilege to be able to study in college for four years. It was a challenge to be among people even younger than my own children, but it was a good experience. It was also a huge eye-opener to me to realize that some people were studying theology who openly admitted that they did not believe in God. It highlighted for me the importance of people of faith witnessing to that faith. By our baptism, we became part of the family of faith, and we need to share it with others. That must be our mission. I remember being upset in college by an offhand comment of a lecturer in response to a comment of mine. He said, You are not in the pews now. You are in the academy. That arrogant comment has helped me focus on what my mission is now. I want to encourage the faith of those of us still sitting in the pews and hopefully encourage others to join us. I believe passionately that faith is the most important gift we have. Even if it is only the size of a mustard seed, 
By sharing in community, we can nurture and support each other to strengthen and grow in our faith. By praying together and for each other, we can sustain the church, which is the people gathered, not the building. Jesus has assured us that where two or three are gathered in his name, that he is here among us. While the opportunity to study is wonderful and to be recommended, nevertheless, I believe that faith is passed on from our hearts, not our heads. It is more important to believe than to understand. How do we cultivate belief? We practice, practice, practice. We keep coming together to praise God and pray together. We light candles for each other. We pray for our dead. We take responsibility to educate ourselves about our faith, read Catholic publications and books, listen to religious programs on radio and television, read scripture, pray the rosary, talk about our faith, be silent before the Blessed Sacrament, and come to a novena. Get involved in parish initiatives, especially those that develop our faith. Faith in Jesus Christ compels us to make choices. We are either for him or against him. Having read about St. George Magella's life, it struck me that he is very in tune with what Pope Francis is currently calling us all to, a life of holiness. St. George's ruling mission in life was to do the will of God always, no matter what unlikely form that will might assume. The reason I am now in lay ministry is a combination of events which linked up to strengthen a faith which has accompanied me. Faith is the foundation stone for everything else in my life. Personally, I feel compelled to do whatever I can to pass on the faith and to encourage all of you to do the same. We are the church and Jesus needs us. What occurs to me is that life sometimes brings us to a cul-de-sac and we find ourselves staring at a blank wall. Just remember that even if one part of our life changes, for whatever reason, God is not finished with us yet. He has a plan for each of us. We can take comfort from St. George Nigella's example and trust in God's will. There's a line in St. John's Gospel which summarizes it very well. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Thank you. So, Margie, thank you very much indeed again for, for sharing that, um, that wonderful story with us. It's, it's, it's so inspirational as far as, I was, uh, as far as I'm concerned. For the listeners out there, I'm sure, uh, for, for listeners who will listen to us now. I tell you, you're some lady who, at the age of 50-plus VAT, uh, leaving a career of nursing, and then taking up something yes. completely completely different, which was going to study for four years in college and so on and so forth. You must have really believed in what you were going to do, Margie. Um, yes, I suppose I did. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I really believed this was a great opportunity. I was encouraged by my parents and my father in particular, was very encouraging um, with the whole idea of studying and um, that as well, it was great encouragement and my husband was very encouraging It's great too because we, we, all, we always need that, that, that bit of encouragement when, we, when we're making these, these large steps in our life, so after you studied and after you got your degree and fair dues to you went on to do a masters then what did you end up doing then um, after your study? 
Well, well, I was very keen to to use it practically, you know, to to, to convert it into action of some description. And I, I was involved, and, and am involved in my own parish. But I still felt there was more I could do, but I didn't know what it was. So what I used to do was every now and then check the, the website for the Dublin Archdiocese and just see whether any jobs or what was coming up, that type of thing. And also, I, I think it was actually the Irish Catholic that I saw uh, in a corner, kind of at the end of a page, the ad for the Redemptorist Lay Missioners. And I'd never even heard of such a thing. And then when I read about it, I thought, well, that sounds very interesting. That's how it started, really. So I applied as a, a lay missioner with the Redemptorists, lucky enough to be accepted. And that started a, another whole adventure. And as well as that, then you also, I mean, how many years have, been, have you been working with those now? Oh, just one. Okay. I only started in September, well, September, this is October, a year year in um, 13 months. Well done. So wow. I've been, that's all, I've, I've been just on three, you see, it, it works out at about three or four missions a year. Okay. So I, I've done three missions, at parish missions, and then the actual novena in Limerick was my first novena. Okay. And, and so I'd say there's a fair bit of preparation involved um, if you have to take part in these these missions. Yes, there is. Um, because there's a, there's a theme of liturgy every day. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's a, the, the, a lot of work goes goes into doing a mission. The redemptorists go ahead about or at least even be six months, and they meet with the the parish, with the parish pastoral council, and with various different people in the parish, and everybody gets involved. That's the beauty of it, because it calls community together, and everybody is invited to participate. Uh, nursing homes aren't left out. Schools aren't left. Anywhere that people gather in the parish is involved in the preparation. And then, depending on the needs of the parish, then the Redemptorists will decide what kind of liturgy to put on every evening in, in a kind of in communication with the people of mm. the parish. Yeah. Mm. So, every, so there, there, are, there are kind of same themes, but different themes depending. I, I can, yeah, I can, under, I, I can take that. You mentioned there, during your talk, uh, you said that there's a series of events in your life that did not appear significant at the time, but there was an invisible thread there linking the parts together, feeling they'd been led all along. Mm. Would like to have expanded that a little bit now? Okay, I'll try. Mm. Um, I suppose it was when Father Seamus asked me to, to do the talk in the first place. Mm. It got me It got me thinking mm. and looking back. And I suppose when I was doing the the um, applied spirituality as well, we were asked to kind of journal about our spiritual development. Mm. So I suppose that that, the, that that idea kind of first came to me then, gosh, there's actually, there's actually, it's like joining dots in a little, in a yeah. little picture, mm. you see, and then there's, there's a picture evolving or developing. And you know that whole idea of synchronicity? Yeah. You think, think you know, things happen for a reason and there's, there's connections. Mm-mm. So I suppose, looking back, um, there was always this desire to, to know more about God, more a desire to be able to pray uh, and a, a desire to be able to appreciate things. And one thing led to another. Like, I suppose it was in the early 2000s, I did a very short spirituality course in the parish here. Mm-hmm. And then that, that, that gets you to kind of open your mind yeah. to maybe read 
yourself mm. and then it kind of gives you the courage well maybe I could go to that talk and all that kind of thing all that, and yeah. one, mm. it all it all it kind of snowballs and it grows and it grows and it grows and then you start to network as well and people say oh you might like this or you might like that book or whatever and it gets you talking about your faith and all that helps yeah I like that but myself myself we were, uh, we were just speaking about this just before um just before we come back to part two there and we mentioned about journaling and I would say to yourself that indeed I'd done the same thing myself there recently I, I, I decided to write my own faith journey and as you mm-hmm. said there's certainly when you start going back over your life and over your faith journey you can certainly mm-hmm. see the threads and I think I, I love the thing that you said there you said you end up meeting loads of people similar to yourself searching and looking for to develop their faith further and you end up networking mm-hmm. and you end up finding out and I'll go there and I'll try out that and what was that like mm-hmm. and oh yeah mm-hmm. so important I, I, it is so important it's so important for people to talk to because I think there's a lot more people with faith than we know about yep. because we're so inundated with the negativity of the media and I suppose all that has gone on in the church mm-hmm. which is, is a big burden on people and yet there's faith and there's hope. And if we're able to share that with each other, and that helps. Yeah. And and, and you said that as well. You mentioned um, later on, you said that the most important gift is our faith. And so you, you took steps yourself to nurture that faith. But you said prayer is so yeah. important. Daily prayer is so important to faith development. Oh, I think without us, we're, we're on very soap because then the ego takes over. Mm. You have to you have to have uh, I suppose you have to connect each day. It's like it's like you can't have a cup of tea in the morning by plugging in the kettle. No. You you you, you need mm. you need to plug into God every day. And that reminds us of something far greater than ourselves. And I think it also helps us to trust, you know, that whatever is ahead, that we're not on our own, God is with us. And that we do by daily prayer. So so important. I also like the, the, the idea you mentioned uh, later on again, where you say that, that we need to take responsibility to educate ourselves about our faith by reading Catholic, pub, uh, Catholic publications, listening to TV programs, and so on and so forth. And you remind us that to cultivate our faith, we need to practice, practice, practice. And you just mentioned there about the world and all the negativity and so on and so forth. But we do have an alternative. We do have a choice, as you mentioned choices early on in your talk. We do have choices. We can turn that stuff off and maybe dip a little yes. bit more into Catholic publications and, and so on and so forth. I agree 100%, because I, I can't remember offhand now, but there's a beautiful reading, I think it's Paul to the Ephesians, to surround yourself with everything that's good. Yeah. We don't have, we turn off the television, you don't have to, I, I stopped buying the newspaper, I only buy it once or twice a week. Yep. Uh, and when I read the Irish Catholic, I read from cover to cover, mm. and I can't understand why people aren't buying it. You mightn't agree with everything in it, yep. but it, it opens your eyes to things. Yes. I mean, put it this way, there's, there's so much negativity. Turn off the radio and put on a piece of music. Go for a walk and look at the trees. Exactly. So much out there. God is falling over himself to show himself to us if we don't open our eyes. I couldn't agree with you more there. Yeah. Also, uh, also, as part of your talk, uh, you also mentioned about... Um, that in the recording we've just heard, we say that life sometimes brings us to a cul-de-sac. We find ourselves placed in a brick wall and 
we, we, kind of, we, we need to remember that, that when we face with these challenges in life, that God is not finished with us. He's, also, he's always got something else for us to do. That, that worked out for yourself, too. You, you were probably at that stage in nursing when you probably felt, yeah, I, I want a bit of a break for whatever reason it was. But God had a plan for you. And, what was the last bit of that, John? Sorry. But God had a plan for you. God, yes. God's yes. plan for you wasn't yes. something you had in your in your daily plan for the last number of years, twenty years or so. But but but, but maybe it was working away there. Maybe it's working away there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would never. Ten years ago, I would never have envisaged having this conversation. Hmm. I would never have envisaged anywhere different than at work. But I think I think as well. That when you when you work with people that are sick, when you're close to people who are sick, I, I was always struck by the fact: is how am I so lucky that I haven't got serious sickness mm. yet? Yeah. I, and I I genuinely believe that. I saw so many people who were kind of flying high, and then all of a sudden they're struck down, and they have to. There's a challenge of because re re replanning their life, you know everything. To, Yes. Turned upside down, and yet, yet you know, the, it, it comes right in the end. Somehow, they, they they can get they can get through things they never thought they could. So that that kind of helps you to realise that God is there all the time. God will make, make a way, as we said in the first in the first piece of music. Just uh, just two more things, I, I, just before we go for a bit of, second bit of music, because I know we must move on a little bit. What would you say to listeners out there, yourself, Maggie, who, who might be struggling to pass on their faith to the, maybe to their children these days? You've had children, we all have children and grandchildren and so on and so forth, and sometimes we find it hard to pass on the faith for whatever reason. Maybe it's not accepted by, by, by the children, it's not accepted by society, but people are struggling out there. What would you say to parents? I'd say take, I would say take courage and keep, keep going. And trust that, that it's not down to us, really. It's down to God. God's going to do the work. Good. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And all we have to do is be, be the witness that, that we, we ought to be. And, and what I notice, especially with my kids, they don't necessarily go to Mass as often I w- as I would like. Mm. But yet they'll often say to me, Mam, will you say a prayer for such and such? Yeah. Or somebody's doing exams today, will you say a prayer? Yeah. So by our example, like, by our example, we, we're passing on more than we realise and after that, leave it to God. Don't get despondent about it. And always hold them in prayer. And that way, God is doing the work. Love that's, it. What, that's what I'd say. I like it. As we finish up this little conversation, and then let's go for the next piece of music, maybe you could share a little prayer with us, that we more might be open to travel the journey of life as the Holy Spirit is calling us a bit similar to yourselves. Maybe a little prayer of encouragement to ourselves. Asking okay. the Holy Spirit, trust in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Lord, help us to trust in your plan for us. When the way ahead seems daunting or unclear, help us to rest in you, to hang on in there and wait, knowing that your Holy Spirit accompanies us and will lead the way. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Marjorie Kennedy, thank you so much for sharing for sharing that story with us and, and encouraging us. And be assured that we'll, we'll keep you in our prayers. As you continue on working and we working. In the meantime, we go for a second piece of music. And this one, I couldn't help but play it. I, I, it came to mind straight away as soon as I heard that we were going to have Marjan. This one is by the Abbot of Mary. And this one is entitled, Go Tell Everyone. So let's do this. 
Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined in studio here by Anne and Maggie, of course, Maggie Kennedy from Kennedy under the end of the sky plan. So this part of the program is where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before we read it, Anne will pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Anne. Lord, we thank you for pushing us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. 
May we approach this world reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this world, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But we may give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this order in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Anne. So the Gospel for today, the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. And Margie is going to read that for us this morning. Thanks, Margie. Thank you. As Jesus left Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting at the side of the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and to say, Son of David, Jesus, have pity on me. And many of them scolded him and told him to keep quiet, but he only shouted all the louder, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man. Courage, they said. Get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and went to Jesus. Then Jesus spoke. What do you want me to do for you? Rabuni, the blind man, said to him. Master, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has saved you. And immediately... His sight returned, and he followed him along the road. Thanks for that. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for that, uh, Maggie. So that's the Gospel for today, the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Maggie, you got a quick quick thought on that Gospel? Well, the the, the thought that strikes me is the fact that sometimes we have to take the opportunity that presents itself. Like the, the, the blind man was sitting there, and, and as soon as he got word that Jesus was coming, he leapt up and he started to shout, despite the disapproval of others, sometimes we need to grab life when it gives us the opportunity, like Bartimaeus did. I like that idea. I like that idea. Thanks for that, Matty. The thought that came to me this week was maybe throughout our lives, uh, many of us have had occasions when we lost direction in our lives, maybe ceased practicing the faith of last hope and faith in God. Then we heard someone speaking about Jesus. It might have been on a TV program, radio program, or maybe someone told, told us of their experience of meeting Jesus, and we became interested to hear more. And after we became that much interested then, we became open maybe to finding out a little bit more. We might go to Mass and read about Jesus and the Bible and so on and so forth. And then the meaning of life became clearer to us. And what I got from that, uh, the idea that I'm trying to uh, allude to there, is that the the people around Bartimaeus today, they're the guys who gave Bartimaeus the courage to get up. Get up, they said. Jesus is calling you. 
And he's calling us all the time. But we need other people. We need the Margie Kennedys of this life. And we need other people to go out there and have the courage to speak about Jesus publicly. And then our eyes can be opened. And then we can give the faith, the gift of faith maybe to others by the experience of our own lives. So today maybe I'd invite listeners maybe to ask ourselves, are we willing to help others to see Jesus? Are we willing to go out and let others share? Uh, And are we willing to go out and share with others the good news that we have been fortunate, as Margie used the term, that gift of faith. We're, We're so fortunate to have that gift of faith. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's go out and share it with others. So that's, that's the thought that I had this week, just to finish off the programme. Again, Margie, thank you so much indeed for, for coming on and, and sharing that good news with us this morning. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Anne. We enjoyed your 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 courage. Uh, we look forward to hearing you again, maybe in the Redemptist, uh, maybe in, in Limerick and St. Mount St. Alphonsus. But whatever you do, we know, but just be assured that... Uh, our prayers are with you uh, and um, take care of yourself Margie we'll certainly have you on again very Ta- much God bless you now now in the meantime we'll say goodbye to our listeners and uh, come back again and join us again next week where Shane hopefully will be back to to help us um, to produce yet another programme of Sacred Space from our Come and See studio here in Ad. now we'll go out with our final bit of music this morning and this one is maybe ideal it's apt Come As You Are by Porga so next week God bless you all now bye 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 you are that's how I want you come as you are feel quite at home close to my heart loved and forgiven come as you are stand alone
Sacred Space.